Welcome to Marginalia. I'm Tamar. And I'm Aura. And welcome back, y'all. We are in the studio today with a special guest, Fulani Agogome. Did I fuck that up? Did I get that right? You're good. <laughs> She's like, good enough. She's like, it's better than You home. tried. It's better than Alcock Home. Like, home. It's not Alcock Home. No. It's something close to Agogome. <laughs> uh, I think I did it this second time better. Um, but welcome. Um, so we have Fulani here in the studio. Very excited because Fulani is going to talk about or we'd like to have Fulani talk about her Sisters of the Am project and Fulani. Yes, hi. There you go. Okay. Before I try and <laughs> explain this, tell no. us about Sisters. Okay, so Sisters of the Am uh, is pretty much a book by Bell Hooks. Um, she is the full title of Sisters of the Am's Black Women in Self-Help. Um, wow, this is really bad. Um, Black <laughs> Women in Self-Recovery. Um, and my project is basically replicating what Bell Hooks did in that book and why what inspired her to write that book um, at Smith um, for the students of color, particularly not, not to be students of color, for the black identifying students um, on campus. Um, it's in my final creative project for uh, my race feminism resistance class that I'm taking with Professor J.T. Roan, um, and which is in the Africana Studies Department. And I'm not, originally it was like proposed, like for the final project, it was supposed to be a creative project of some way. And I'm not a very creative individual, I feel. Um, so I was like, I don't know what I'm about to do. But then um, I was thinking about creating a healing space anyway because of the election and like a lot of things have been happening on campus um, before um, I was thinking about this project. And mm -hmm. I kind of proposed to our professor um, and he was like, okay, I can do it. He was like, this is great. I feel like if you can do, you know, the PowerPoint, like a little proposal, like get it into like concrete little ways of showing how like sisters or how like trying to do something like this here at Smith, um, like as a proposal, he think he was like, that's, I feel like that's a very great way. And you could back it up and research through the, you know, the work we've been reading, um, you know, the images, the videos we've been um, looking at um, in that class. Um, but so... Basically, Sister the Yams um, at Smith is just a support group um, based in wellness, black female wellness. Um, I uh, read Sister the Yams before myself. I took some time off from Smith College. Um, I was with Professor Kwashi. Um, I came in to see him. Um, and I had the copy of the book from Smith, from Nielsen. And he had a brand new copy. And he gave me his copy. He was like, oh, here, just, you know, take it. It's fine. Like, you know. Um, and I was like, thank you. And literally, um, ever since I say, ever since... Um, like I took some time off from Smith, came, mm. went home, came, like came back. Like this book has been like my own Bible mm. for my, for my, for a source of like, okay, mm. Fulani, like, you know, you are living in this country and these are the things you're living through. But Bell Hooks wrote this back in the seventies and eighties and it's still applying to you. So obviously it still applies to other black mm -hmm. women in this mm -hmm. world. Um, so mm -hmm. that's, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Very, that's, it, that's when you, first brought this up to me I thought like how do how did I not know about Sisters of the Am and like you know this I, I don't know if she presents it in, in the book as like a story this if there's some anecdote about like I think you were mentioning these women um, students or, or academics at Yale uh -huh. needing to create a, this similar space so it was fascinating to me but you said a lot you talked about wellness you just mentioned this you know the sisters group and its origin mm -hmm. talking to Kwashi but back up a little bit oh, yeah, and yeah, tell yeah, us yeah. about Sorry, I'm no right no it. very that's exactly <laughs> what you know we need to, to have that introduction mm -hmm. and tell us if you can a little bit about like what brought you to Smith and like 
what brought you to the point where you needed to, if you're comfortable, like yeah. talk, bring this to Kwashi or mm-hmm. um, create this idea? So um, I was born in New Jersey, South Jersey. Um, well, North Jersey, then I moved to South Jersey. And um, I, I guess I can start talk kind of in high school, not going to go too far back, but um, mm-hmm. high school I went to, like, you know, pretty rich, pretty white, pretty, like, waspy kind of, uh, it was a Catholic high school. Um, wore uniforms. I was one of the few, if only, like, black students there that wasn't there for a scholarship for, like, football or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, like, in an honors program, and, and I, um, I was really sad and depressed at that time. And I didn't, it kind of turned into more of a, like, cynical, like, angry outlook at the world mm-hmm. um, that I had with, like, people around me. And I was like, this environment was just so, it was so, it was not, I'm not going to say, like, traumatic. I mean, it was traumatic, but at age of 16, 15, getting into high school, I did not know, like, it was mm-hmm. traumatic. I was just like, oh, this is just kind of weird. Like You just go through the motions. And that's a tough age. Yeah, you're like, this is my reality. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Yeah, so, and, you know. Among that time, my family was going through changes themselves. Like, um, my sister was applying to, like, college, you know, um, and, like, just all these things were happening. So um, high school was a very, very strange and, like, sad time for me. Mm. Um, it was it was so bad that I was into this... I was at this point of, like, not knowing who I was. Mm. Like, I look back at some of the things I was doing in high school my, like, freshman and sophomore year, and I was like, wow, like, Fulani, you definitely, like, switched up. Like, you were a whole different person. Or maybe you found your true self. You were, mm. you know, you were so far away from yourself that you didn't even realize you weren't being yourself. Mm. Um, and maybe that's where, like, the depression and everything came in. But um, I was, like, a part of, like, my school's, pro, like, pro-life club, you mm. know. Went to D.C. with the whole... Yeah, the mm. Stop Killing Baby. There's a picture of me literally on Facebook. I took it down and deleted everything. Um, of me, like, Stop Killing Baby signs mm. with all my other, like, white female students and white male students on this, like, steps in D.C., mm-hmm. Washington, D.C. This is a Catholic school. Yeah, it's Catholic yeah. school. So, and then from... I can see pictures of that. And then I get to, like, junior and senior year when I'm really angry and, I do, and I'm applying to colleges. I'm learning more about... You know, um, I wanted to go to a smaller school. I'm learning more about Smith. I'm like, okay, women's college is cool, whatever. Mm-hmm. I look into more, I like, oh, feminism. Get into, like, Gloria Steinem, mm-hmm. you know. Through Gloria Steinem, through feminism, I get into Audre Lorde. Mm-hmm. And then that's when junior, senior, I started kind of finding myself and, like, understanding, like, okay, wow, there are dynamics mm-hmm. to me as a black woman that this school is, like, trying to push on me and has always been. Now I'm, like, slowly, like, gaining that knowledge to, not, to become more, start questioning things and mm-hmm. figuring out why I felt the way I felt. Um so with that, I came to Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, I applied, got in here. Um, Yay! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I, I got in and I came to campus and I was like, okay, it's it's mm-hmm. lit. like I'm about to be here. It's mm-hmm. it's Smith. It's Smith or nothing. Right. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, I got yeah. <laughs> flex on these. Yeah, I was just like, I was so happy to just be to have like to be away in college because um mm-hmm. I grew up I guess like a very, not like a very religious household but like. I went to church every Sunday. I was a Sunday school teacher assistant. Wow. Um, I was like an altar server. I was like, you know, I did all this stuff for mm-hmm. my church, uh, Roman, Roman, uh, Roman Catholic um, church in town. So it was just so nice to be away from all that. Because senior year, I kind of, senior year of high school, spring semester, I guess, I stopped going to church. Mm-hmm. And that was a whole situation with my mom. I was like, mom, you know, I'm about to go to college. Like, I'm busy. Like, I'm just tired. Right. Nah, I just didn't believe in no but white God anymore. And it, was, <laughs> it was time to step back yeah, yeah. and figure in who you are. Mm-hmm. Like, everything else is what mm-hmm. people impose on you. Mm-hmm. So now it's like, you know, I'm away from it all. And now it's time to figure out who I am, who I am through exploring. Yeah. And, yeah. Just, yeah. you know, figuring that out on your own. Yeah. Fucking up some, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like, when I came to Smith, I was like, this is a whole, this is a whole new world. Like, mm. I was like, all these, like, white 
you know, queer folk around. I didn't even know what the word queer was. I just saw the mm-hmm. people. I saw the like the waterfall and like the pond and I was just like, you know, Kwashi. I heard about Kwashi and mm-hmm. how he was like the best professor and I had to take intro to black culture. And his cult. Yeah, his cult. <laughs> and, the cult of you know, Kwashi. and people were like, he's a hard grader and I was like, okay, so I didn't take I mean, that was my mistake. Well, actually no, I'm kinda glad it, I took some time before I took mm-hmm. a class with him. Um, because first year, first semester, Fulani would not have been able to deal with all of the metaphysical, <laughs> but like really real, like based knowledge about blackness, about humanity, about what it means to be an Af- like a black person in this country that mm-hmm. Kwashi's told, like taught me mm-hmm. in intro black culture. Yeah. Um, so take uh, intro to black culture. Yeah. Anybody, y'all. anybody don't, <laughs> anybody, I mean, don't matter if what you're studying. scared, say, okay, maybe first year, sophomore year, I can't do it, but take it in time so that you could take other courses with him because mm. that's a stepping stone to take like race and love and other courses in Africana studies department is to take intro um so do take it definitely yeah. recommended um especially if you're a black person and you don't know you're still trying to work out through your own things and your own identity and you're like oh, i don't really know what what i'm doing like mm. something's fishy here like mm-hmm. definitely take that course um, my first few years here at Smith, um, I was in the science STEM field. I was trying to do neuroscience. I was one of those, oh, I'm going to, you know, do neuroscience, you know, major, major neuroscience, minor, maybe in psychology or philosophy, something different, but mm-hmm. cool. Um, I was trying to go for Latin honors. I was thinking about applying to medical school and taking my MCAT, like my junior year at Smith. It was just like, okay, yo, I'm about mm-hmm. to be one of these STEM people. Um, but then, nah, <laughs> nah, it, it, there was something more about the environment of being at Smith, um, that was even more distressing, I guess, than uh, a more visible, not like, not not saying like Smith like traumatized me or anything like that, mm-hmm. but there was something about me adjusting to Smith that was a harder adjustment than high school. Mm. Um, and since high school, I did live at home. I had my mom, you know, right. around. I had my family, I had my friends that I could, you know, the, the few friends I did have. So it was mm-hmm. like, at least when I was home and in high school, it was like, okay, I was there for eight hours and I came home. Mm-hmm. But being living yeah. Smith, it's like the bubble, Smith bubble. It's Can't real. Yeah. Ooh, it's real. So, um, yeah. yeah, that was something really I had to deal with. And being in STEM classes, feeling like I was the only person struggling in bio and chem even though i did ap bio i did ap chem mm-hmm. you know i took the ap test i was always an honor roll like i was always like on i was like i'm smart i was always smart mm-hmm. and then i come here and then i'm like whoa nope i guess you're not mm-hmm. i guess not um, that is the truth yeah. like that, that that's humbling coming here mm-hmm. yeah you know you feel like yeah i can i'm I mean, there's a there's a flip side to it though because you do come here and you feel like oh I could do that like I've always been a star student and mm-hmm. then here now you're amongst like thousands of other stars so it's just like shit but i mean everyone trying to not everyone but many trying to maintain some facade that like oh yeah i've got this right yeah but then the the more it breaks you down well me personally the more it broke me down Mm -hmm. the happier i was Mm because i you know i just got to a like fuck it like i'm still smart doesn't take away from my Mm -hmm. intelligence or anything but now Mm -hmm. i just i'm just gonna focus on the things that i want want to do as opposed to like who am i Work. doing this for who I'm like what am I trying mm-hmm. to prove and to who so like that's what it did for me anyway because yeah. I did come in like that like straight A's I need to get straight A's because I always was on the dean's list and mm-hmm. now I'm just like you know what B isn't so bad yeah because <laughs> you know how much you, how hard you yeah. work for that B mm-hmm. and I feel like there's I feel like everyone here not everyone but at least in my friend circle has gone through some like transition through that severe imposter syndrome to mm. like oh actually I'm just here for me so bad I'm yeah. just here for me um yeah so yeah cool um, so then from there from to the sisters okay so to kwashi's office to kwashi's to sisters yeah, yeah so um so yeah so i switched my major um i was having a lot of difficulties i felt it was, there was more than just my own like 
act like my own like reasoning or functioning abilities were happening in my bio and chem labs i felt mm. there was like microaggressions occurring i was getting into that my first year first semester actually there was um an incident uh this hate crime incident with um a fellow bridge member and um that spread a lot of like you know protests on campus and i was like oh wow this is so cool if you were protesting so like i was dealing with that and like the fact that someone could feel so like a person who's obviously not a white individual could attack somebody for just being like in such a like a visceral way i feel um and I was like trying to go through that while also being in like all white classes with students who would say, oh yeah, I took, and I've like, this this is like legitimate, like, oh yeah, I've taken bio, like, you know, took it over the summer at like the state school back in my, you know, I failed it, but it's okay. Like, you know, I'll just, I'm gonna come into bio class and get an A here. And I was like, oh, so people have enough wealth to just take classes and fail them, mm, you know, right, at home, do it again. you know, and do it again just to get that grade. So mm. I'm like, so there's so many levels to this. Like I was working, I was um, in work study. So I had, this was another layer to this too. Um, I was, uh, first I was working in the kitchen, dining halls, and I was dealing with a lot of racial stuff there, obviously, like, mm. you know, student of color working in a kitchen. Mm-hmm. With, you Reduction know, labor. Exactly. <laughs> um, and then I was getting, dealing with that. And then also um, on top of that, I was, there was this moment, um, what, where was, I'm trying to remember when this happened, but um, I was like, you know what, this is not it. This is not it. It was probably after my thing after I dropped um, Cell Bio, um, and mm. I was in it for the majority of the semester. It was like, I think maybe if I'd been like sophomore spring or junior fall or something like that. I don't really specifically remember, but um, yeah, I dropped Cell Bio. I had like a, I had a panic attack during one of the exams, and mm. I walked out, and I was like, yeah, this can't this this can't this can't be it like i don't know what like i i love biology i love chemistry i love studying it like i physics everything and i was like this i don't know what is it about it's like i and i was like second guessing myself i was like am i even smart enough to be here did mm. smith make the right decision accepting me and then um i started i switched my major to um i became a philosophy major i made my neuroscience a minor eventually dropped my neuroscience minor mm. and then throughout philosophy um i started taking african-american philosophy courses mm. and um who did you take african-american philosophy with professor um um, um, Mosley, Albert Mosley, I believe. Um, I hope, I hope I'm pronouncing his last is name. Is he still right. here? Yes, he is. <laughs> the irony. Yeah, um, he, he's the only. <laughs> right? yeah. Somebody once told me that um, that the philosophy department at Simmons is the most diverse philosophy department. Mm. Um, but there's only, <laughs> I believe, only one woman of color mm. who's my advisor. I believe who's who's in the, the department, and also one man of color, like mm. non-white man of color, and that's um, I believe is Professor Mosley. So. I took African-American philosophy with him. I took ethics of slavery. I took this affirmative action like seminar. And through these classes, I was, there was a lot of white, like, of course, white students, because Smith is mostly white school student. And they were in the philosophy. And they were just asking these questions sometimes about, like, race and things. And I was like, hold up, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, I was already, like, out of the, fi- out of the field of STEM. So I was like, now I can talk about things. Like, mm-hmm. I have the freedom and philosophy to talk yeah. and to think about new things. And mm-hmm. I was like, whoa. The like, right. you know, yeah. I was like, in these courses, I was like, we're not going to do that. Uh-uh. Like, and I was, like, bringing up ideas. And he was, like, pushing me, you know, personals. And it was just really mm. i started to be like okay i want to take more african type classes so mm-hmm. enter black culture kwashi mm-hmm. got me shook i was like double mm. consciousness mm. i was like what is this i was like mind blown i was yeah i was just shook and then um i started to get into more activist work on campus and i started doing a lot of physical and emotional labor um i also while doing this work um on campus um Spurred by some alumni's comments, like there was like this pros and cashmere letter sent out, like I think my sophomore year, I believe here, um, where some alumni saying, oh, you know, people only go to Smith are like lesbians or like, you know, Harvard rejects or something. I mean, I'm not decoding that properly, but there was a letter like that came out that everybody got angry on campus and like protested. Oh, was this a, the letter about the change in culture? That yes. She, that mm-hmm. she, so I don't know what her name is, but um, it's like Anne something, yeah, I believe. But she 
essentially wrote a letter saying the culture of Smith is changing and that it's no longer like the bastion for like Harvard or Yale Yale mm-hmm. boys to come find their wives. Pretty there are, much, there yeah, are no more pearl necklaces. The lily is wilting. Yeah, and I was just <laughs> like, like, I was like, bye. okay, whatever. Like you know, yeah. Um, well, it's funny that because I actually have did hear someone say that to someone like a friend wow. of mine or yeah. whatever. He was kind of bragging about me and she was just like well Smith isn't what it used to be anyway like downplaying the, the entire thing wait who as someone on campus said that no 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 someone back home like I was telling a who? friend of mine and he was talking to someone else and right. that person I don't know the person mm. and, and you he know, told you that yeah and he told me that that he, sounds like some he, shady shit who told you yeah, yeah, yeah but you know he it. was more upset <laughs> about it than I was so oh. I'm just like Somebody shit. was hating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's how I took it. I'm just like, yeah. yeah. But yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, you always gotta deal with some haters, either on the institutional level, or uh-huh. this institution, or like, right. or even this idea that it's no longer the same now that the racial demographic is shifting. That's really what it's coming down what to. That means. It's it's bullshit. Bullshit. You know, yeah. yeah, and then the there are too many then, colored people. Yeah. And then now, the, the, you know, the shift of Smith with their ideas. Itself. Yeah, and then the shift of Smith itself with having to reckon with its original culture, like. I know I'm kind of, I feel like I'm going around in circles, but um, June, again, when I was taking intro about culture and like a lot of things were happening, there was an event with, I think, Smith, a Smith alumni, Wendy Kaufman or something, or Wendy something, mm-hmm. said the N-word at a forum where there was black mm-hmm. alumni president and mm-hmm. our pres- current president, um, President Kathleen McCarthy or McCartney, mm-hmm. um, I just want to make sure I say her name properly, um, I believe she didn't intercede or she said, oh, something like, that's some something of opinion, like, you know. Uh, something really lighthearted and moved on. Yeah. And the reason why students knew is like the kind of tone and everything was because there was a video filed by alu- another Smith alumni who was at that panel and was like, oh my, I have to start recording this because this is not actually happening. Wow. And this, I forgot the one, the alumni whose name is Wendy, she's known, she's written articles about freedom of speech and academic freedom and how, you know, she said the N-word, um, E-R, and um, was like, look, nothing happened. Um, in in the, in the form where our current president was at with black alumni in that space. Wow. Like, oh, look, like, we just put meaning onto words. It's just, like, she's a, she's a very stouch, like, like, a, like person who said, like, she's a very, like, she's a very big proponent on, like, academic freedom, freedom of speech, like, say whatever you want to say, you know. Um, like, and that's okay. Say whatever you want to say, but... When I do what I want to do, exactly. When I do what I want to do, what happens? So, <laughs> like, you can say whatever you want to say, but then if some, there some are if, if there's physical, emotional, mental exactly. consequences on your part, then deal with that. Because freedom of speech, last time I checked, that was for, um, like for like government tyranny or some. There's some in this constitution has to do something with some major, not on some. Oh, let's use a word. Um, that's really hateful racial and racialized, and, stuff, yeah. and say it and be like, oh, it's okay to no, no, and it's never calling into question. The idea of freedom of speech. No one's questioning that ever when people are being critical about that uh-uh. that word. Like, this no. is purely about, like, the impact of that word. Like, the history, the legacy, mm-hmm. like, the violence of that word. So, that's just... I mean, I don't even understand how the president of Smith, Co- Smith College would even, like, reduce it to... Well, this is... Because I remember the op-ed she put out. Yeah, and I, and, I, and, I believe, <laughs> yeah. and I believe, you know, Kathy did send some email or some letter out to the student body after, you know, people got riled up about it and things like that. And... Um, you know, that happens. She's I, had a couple of those blunders, though, from what mm-hmm. I hear. I think uh, one time she sent out, well, like, when Black Lives Matter she first said all emerged, lives matter. she said all lives matter, right? So yeah. she sent out a letter or whatever. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I guess she's learning as she goes. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. Or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, People's lives at risk, though. Yeah. Right. I'm like, students hmm. that, the students, students, help. students that she's actively recruiting yeah. of color. And I feel like with the demographic changing and the whole idea of that is that Smith had to reckon with this fact that it wasn't made for women of color or undocumented students or trans women or blah, mm. blah, blah. And 
it was made for a rich white woman like Sophia Smith you know mm -hmm. was she had money she was like oh I can go into Yale so mm -hmm. let me just start my own school and then she did yeah and right then, who says that I'm yeah. not gonna get into Yale let me just start my or, own like, you know, or maybe yeah. that's not exactly but like basically no, yeah, but, women, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. and then um, Otelia Cromwell day I got into planning that my junior year um, mm -hmm. and uh, no no yeah it was my junior year um and that was a whole nother thing because a lot, again, all these racialized incidents, I was like, where's activism? Like, where's, there has to be history of this. I went to the archives. I did a workshop. I was on the Atelier Cromwell Day planning committee um, and I did a workshop um, on all the past activism. Um, Roar was like um, something about like resisting uh, or um, uh, I can't remember the acronym, but it was something about like activism and like recording it. Um, and it was like a file was on Nielsen, the library's website. It's no longer available for some interesting reason. But mm -hmm. anyway, it was a packet compilation of all the black all the actual the work of other like women of color on campus and all the hate crime incidents so i was like okay this environment is getting really toxic for me generally right mm -hmm. so, so i can speed it up uh -huh. this environment is getting toxic i'm doing a lot of physical emotional labor my own mental status not necessarily was like dwindling but it was being affected in ways where i still didn't like understand fully mm -hmm. um and i was just like this is can't i can't do this and professor kwashi um i think one of the first times i talked to him was he was talking about how he worked um he saw me working in the campus center um, at the um, Office of Student Engagement at the main um, information desk as a student worker there. And you wear a polo, you have to wear jeans and sneakers. Um, I'm not a jeans and sneakers gal, like, all the time. So mm -hmm. I was like, you know, the whole other thing. Like, oh, my God, I can't look cute coming to work. Mm -hmm. um, but I was working there, and I was doing a lot of physical labor. Um, and the reason why a lot of students of color, um, mainly the black students that work on campus work there as work study as a work study position is because we get paid the most you can make the most hours mm -hmm. so it's like okay so now i'm working all these hours here you know moving tables you know setting up putting up staging people in the people many people many student workers in the um, who works for the campus center as the office engagement as like the ccsa's the service the custom the service assistants or whatever um um they had injuries like I would have nails broken sometimes like mm -hmm. somebody broke their thumb I had like I got like I sprained my hurt my knee wow. one time because we were out here lifting doing putting on these tables and setting things up mm. and um you know it was just and I was doing all that so it got to a point where I was like okay this is too much and Kwashi first my talked to Professor Kwashi and he was like yeah like um he was like I see what you're doing you're doing a lot on campus you know and I just want to you know check in like talk to you and check in with you and like mm -hmm. we've had conversations about um you know not to say anything on him on his any, like but like throughout the like intro to black culture and other courses i've taken with him um we've always had really great discussions like mm -hmm. you know and i would i would i would reveal to him things that i feel like um because he's such a, i feel like such a great and open professor that i would never reveal or didn't reveal to my advisors or other you know staff on campus um and uh so before again like i came in i was like i was i was in a state i literally was in a state of like what am i doing with my life i need help so i went to books um i've always had a feel like, always had an issue with writing not nice writing things but like transcribing my thoughts in a way where i can like in an orderly fashion and um eventually i was like diagnosed with like adhd and like um i did some like you know some learning work and skill work and um, some medication so i did see a difference in that afterwards but before then and until i got to smith i didn't know mm. that i had this because right. I, yeah. I, right. I hit this wall and i was like hold on but i was able to do everything in high school what's so different now um so all combination of all those factors coming together um I came, I was like looking on the web. I was like, okay, Bell Hooks, Audre Lord. I know these, write, these are readers, like writers that I've first heard about for the first time pretty much in Into the Black Culture. And you look them up. What if they talk about black women and like help? And I found Sisters of the Yams. And I was like, okay, my library has it. And one of there grabbed it. I was reading it. I was like, oh. I was like, this is life changing. Mm -hmm. Like life changing work here. Um, how so? How, how so life changing? It's so like, it, it, li it literally, like, it say, like, to, to know that there is another person out in this world right who saw this problem who saw 
Um, so I can, can I can get into origins of like bell hooks and like how she started Sisters of the Amarone Crown group at Yale. Well, at Yale was when she in the book um, she notes that she had a lot of black female students. You're already at Yale, right? You already got it. You're on top, you know. Coming to her with like some issues with like you know self esteem or like you know mental illness things and not feeling adequate and like all these other aspects of their life, you know, romantic spear like loving spear, and um, you know, Bella Hooks is a, is an academic. She's a scholar. She's she writes. So she's like, this is interesting to me because, you know, I like why are those problems coming up? And then she, you know, used her own reflection of how she was able to you know become a more like own like own herself and like mm-hmm. become like you know very centered in her identity. Um, to uh, to like also with the interaction with the students to create to write this book, um, and like she automatically knows like it's not like a self help book. It's not like oh mm-hmm. you know like ten steps to happiness. It's not mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. at all. It's more of like a self reflection, mm-hmm. and that's why I like she that it's called self recovery. Mm-hmm. You know, because you're recovering to your yeah. like you're recovering mm-hmm. from um, from what the world has done to you, what you the world hasn't shown you, but mm-hmm. you've been affected by your whole life pretty mm-hmm. much, and that type completely through my high school and you know early college career. Mm-hmm. Um, so. She, um, so she has to start a support group, um, for Sisters of the Yam, Sisters of the Yam, and she, um, used, the title came from, um, The Salt Eaters by Tony, um, Tony Cod Bambara, and, um, she, uh, remembered there was a specific, um, would it be okay if I read it? Of course, oh, yeah. Okay. yeah I'm going to read the, this is an intro, little, um, like her dedication, and it was like, um, celebrating the life and work of Tony Cod Bambara, whose visionary insight revolutionary spirit and passionate commitment to struggle guides and sustains and there's a quote from the salt eaters um just so you're sure sweetheart and ready to be healed because wholeness is no trifling matter a lot of weight when you are well can you read it again yes the quote i'm gonna read the quote okay so Mm -hmm. just so you're sure sweetheart and ready to be healed because wholeness is no trifling matter a lot of weight when you are well i love that Mm. Yes. A lot of weight when you are well. well. So two questions Mm -hmm. for you. Mm -hmm. Um, This idea of sisters as Mm -hmm. a group for black women's Mm -hmm. self-recovery. How do you see that embodied in the group that you've now, you know, facilitated coming together, formed on this campus? And Mm -hmm. there have been a few meetings. There's been three so far. Yes, three. And there's another, yep. Yeah. So how do you see this idea of self-recovery? recovery manifesting um and what do you how do you interpret also that quote from the salt eaters like mm. what do you feel like tony cave and Bara me- meant when she talked about the weight of being well okay. sorry those are like two e- very large e- questions oh, um, <laughs> and obviously we'll you know yeah so yeah for the first part for um mm-hmm. how do you envision self-recovery happening at, in this space at smith yeah so i um through working one of, the, one of the reasons why I took some time off from Smith was because I was working so much within the institution to try to change it or try to do more work, like, you know, starting committees, talking to the president, you know, talking to the end of the college, doing all these things. And um, I realized that, and, you know, also through conversations with the professors, you know, um, that, you know, the, the institution is institution. It can't change. You know, working within it to change it, it can work sometimes, sometimes it can't. And if you're not in certain spaces and if you're occupying certain identities, um, you, it, the work is really hard to 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 the physical to try to change an institution that doesn't want you or won't make space for you even though they have you here and they bring you here and they say oh we're such a great place but then is it for who for right. who is Smith for and who does Smith really support um, without having to go a, go a bond and like tell them hey like we're, these people of color on this campus are hurting here please help us out with this give us, give us funding for this you know mm-hmm. um, and 
um, for, for, for self-recovery, I believe it's more of, it's, as with sisters, um, I felt there was no, there was no space at Smith, um, you know, outside the union organizations. And I know that a lot of people who have, um, a lot of the students and my friends, friends, to be honest, because people who are sisters of, of the YAM, that's the group that we've, you know, they're all, they're my friends. Like I consider them my friends and like, you know, um, they were, there was no space to talk about these things. No, no space to reflect on our vulnerabilities, on our pain. You know, it was kind of go to counseling services and counseling and health services has their whole set of issues with, you know, you know, there's not that many, that many um, diverse like women of color in therapy. There's only right. kind of only like one, I believe. Um, and like, you know, going there for an appointment, when having to wait two, three months, which is what happened to me before I took my time off. Like, you know, there's all these gaps in other ways of support systems that Smith has set up, but it's not accessible to certain black students necessarily. Mm-hmm. And um, I wanted Sisters to be a space where we could, black students, black identifying students could come in and just, just vent, just, just grieve, yeah. grieve collectively, I guess. And from that grief can come like vulnerability well, through vulnerability we come out and also just like a realization that, OK, I'm not alone. I'm not the only one. Yeah, I was going to say like it, it's it, it creates a space for, you know, women of color to feel the same way you did when you discovered the book. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I am not bugging for mm-hmm. feeling this way because mm-hmm. exactly. Yes. Like, like, yes. You mm-hmm. know, it's like your aha moment or you come into consciousness like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not tripping. I really thought I was going crazy or something was wrong with me. But it's it's really the, more objective than it is subjective. So mm-hmm. I guess that's from what I'm hearing. That's what the space mm-hmm. is for, just for everyone else to feel like, you know, it's not me. It's mm-hmm. and it feels the, the environment. More. It, feels, yeah. it felt more than that. It felt like a space for not just like finding mm-hmm. people who had similar experiences and that and like finding some sense of like you know, like camaraderie and like, you know, some mm-hmm. sort of like family dynamic too and support. But it also was a space I felt for me, like to see, like there's something about the visual of seeing women come in with this intention, mm. right? To be together, like to talk to each other, about like to exchange this. information, like to, yeah. to work, like to have mm-hmm. a place to like talk about ideas. Mm-hmm. Like there was something about just having that visual that I feel like too is so integral to self-recovery because it's like, there's there's power in numbers and there's power in like the yeah. visual you have you know there's something to being depressed in your room depressed in your carol <laughs> working versus like seeing people around you who you know are there for you yeah and still going through it and like being able to work from that place versus this like constant battle of like am i good enough by myself or like the anxiety around working and stuff mm-hmm. like that so mm-hmm. there's a lot um, of yeah, yeah there's a lot of like um i had a lot of self-doubt um uh, it was really interesting. I just I got a copy of some of my medical records, um, and I was looking through some of the summary points for some of my therapy appointments. And it's a lot of the people, my therapists, have noted like, oh, worries a lot. You know, like very meticulous, like groomed ex- appearance, like very put together. You know, um, you know, very stylish, or whatever. But like, you know, worries a lot. You know, always is worrying, always overthinking, um, feeling. You know, kind of like kind of like this like unstable, like not knowing where she's at. And I was like, interesting. Like, okay, so I give off this image of like. Perfect, not perfection, but like I give up this very like specific image where people are like, oh yeah, she has her own point, you know, she's dressed up. Um, but inside, I'm like dying, literally. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. and um, and I feel for students, um, I wanted sisters to be a space where we can even try to explore that and try to get through that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I, um, when like the first the first meeting, I was very, I was like, I wanted to, I reached out to other people, I reached out to you, I know, mm-hmm. um, to talk about this, and I was like, I don't know how I fi- how should I figure out this space. Um, I know first I talked to Professor Kwashi before I talked to my professor actually about it. Um, and he was like, you know, just think about it. Like, you know, try to think about it for like, 
keep black women specifically is a closed space for black for those black identified students so Afro Latina is like black mm-hmm. if you're you know I'm Nigerian American I was born here you know mm-hmm. um, my parents are from Nigeria but like any students any black identified students could come into that space um, and uh, and I was talking to Kwashi and you know he was like you know maybe you should just, just do it with what, what Bell would have in mind or what, what black, black female consciousness like keep that at the center of everything you do or you try to do you make decisions about mm-hmm. this space like make sure that's the center of it mm-hmm. um, so when I put it together I was like okay well I'm gonna I know people have a lot of I know a lot of black students on this campus have a lot of you know interesting um, opinions on BSA um, I've been a part of BSA um, I was on like eboard my sophomore I believe junior year um, and, uh, I, I have, I have, yeah, everybody has mixed feelings about BSA, but I, I still support the organization. I still go to their meet. I, yeah, I like, they're black students. Like, so I wanted to create a space outside of BSA that it would just be for just like, just come in here and it's based on wellness. It's not, you know, there's nothing else attached to it. We don't have to show Smith that we are doing stuff as sisters, as an organization, you know, that we're actually doing things when things pop off on campus or like, you know, when events happen, like we don't have to be the ones to do that. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, BSA has always been integral with Otelia Crom all day and planning it, you know, but like, but how, how's, how, when, when even talking about Tony Cromwell, there's always certain stop gates that the institution puts around it where we can't mm-hmm. fully really examine, okay, but what does it really mean for Tony Cromwell? Like, she's the first student to graduate, but what happened to the other two, three black female students who came to Smith before she did? Mm-hmm. Why did they leave? Mm-hmm. Did they, oh, why right. did they? See, I didn't yeah. even, mm-hmm. now that you said that, I didn't even know that. I yeah. she was the first, no, she's that the first attended. And she's the first yeah. to graduate. Yeah, mm-hmm. They skipped yeah. that part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and in the, and in the, 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 the movie reel, they, they show every, um, or they, I think it was a new thing they did probably a couple years ago um there's professors like um professor giddings talks about it a bit and but other professors talk about like what did it mean literally mm. to be the only like woman of color like black person on this campus you know she lived off campus she lived, had to live with a professor mm-hmm. um you know and um like with that whole thing but with sisters i, I wanted to be i wanted to be real i wanted the space to be real i want us to be talk to talk about what's really happening within us i don't want there i didn't want there to be any um obstruction necessarily from the institution in a way or mm-hmm. from like outside spirits to be like oh well sisters is doing this so we gotta we gotta promote it to campus or we gotta do this so that was my move so my first thing was like finding a space one mm-hmm. a physical space on campus that's outside of um uni or so Mwangi or uni house where students can get in there and feel that it's a more different tone or like mm-hmm. a different space and i picked the chapel mm-hmm. why because the chapel um um, Dean Walters, um, she worked. She used to be the, um, I believe the, the dean of the spir- spiritual life, and like mm-hmm. basically dean of the chapel, I guess. Um, and I've had very good interactions with her. Um, I've been uh, so when I went to the chapel, my like sophomore junior year, I was like, oh, this is a cool space. I didn't know who could really use it. I didn't know much more about it. It was new. It was there. Um, that's also where you go to get like grants and stuff. So. Um, and then I was like, okay, I think the chapel's a good space. I think the Boardman Lounge would be a really great space to have this because it's in the kind of center of campus for you know, people who live in the Quad or center campus um, or Green Street. And it's a space where it's literally made for like the spiritual religious life. It's mm-hmm. like for, you know, they already have a lot of student-led organizations that meet there. There's Bible study. There's like um, certain like... Um, like religious groups who go there too um for certain things and i was like well you know scissors i'm not putting into like some spiritual right. religious like, right. group yeah. but i'm gonna use the space because i right. feel like this is a good idea so we use a chapel um i emailed the um the um the one of the women who worked there and i worked with her when i planned to tell you promo day before so she recommended she you know remembered me and was like yes you can do this and you know gave me a flower slot mm-hmm. and um i was like okay this is great um then they provided some snacks and stuff i was like cool yeah. um 
there was candles so i set out some candles in the space when i was first like thinking about this you know i put i was like oh sage sage was something that i never really i was heard of what had to do with like black like female witchy spirituality stuff but mm-hmm. i didn't really know much about it and then this year i really got into a lot of my friends um introduced me to the act of like you getting to these other modes of like healing and self care, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. pushing back against the biomedical model. Mm-hmm. Like who, like who, like let's think about the, the the group of women historically who have always been um, oppressed or used their bodies have been used for medical process. Who, what, what demographic of women in this country mm-hmm. has been used for that? Black women, Black women. right? Like mm-hmm. the first book I had to read when I came to Smith, the book of the the, the like the first year book was I think the story in the life of Henrietta Lacks mm-hmm. and her cells and how they were oh, used. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They were like yeah. taken without her permission and how they were used to do all these scientific you know discoveries and all these advancements. But her family, there's no coin. There's no. There's no. There's very. No one really knows about who she was. So right. coming from that, you know, and bringing it to this, it's kind of like you know I needed. I wanted the space to be as open, um, and as like for anybody to feel what you would want to feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and with all that's been happening this semester in the world, mm-hmm. um, you know, with um, What's-His-Face becoming the president-elect and the fact that um, Smith is, a, we are a women's college, and women-identified folk here are mm-hmm. admitted. Um, and the fact that 66% of people who voted for Trump were the people, like, surrounding here, me, like, yeah. tr- white women, I was like, uh, yo, okay, so this is, some, this, yeah. this is some triggering stuff, like, I don't know who to trust, mm-hmm. you know, like, I'm, I'm you know, like, right. it was not, I needed, there needed to be a space, and I was like, well, right. this is it. Yeah. So, um, I, I made a, you know, I made a group, I hit up people, I said, come through, we're gonna be snacks here, we're just gonna talk, it's intentional, I said, it's closed space for only black identifying students. Mm-hmm. Um, and we kind of came in, I read some parts of introduction from Bell Hooks, I told the story of like how she did her support group there, um, she started it, and um, I started going through some of the chapters, reading some parts, and then I kind of just opened it up, and I like, we, um, and I, I didn't really know how to deal with like, the, how to go about the like you know the structure the facilitation of, it. Yeah. of that yeah. structure yeah and I, and I know that um with a conversation I had with Professor Kwashi you know he's kind of like make sure you just let it flow pretty much yeah. like yeah. just let it be don't try to like constrict or you know mm-hmm. modify the space too much um but it also had to be intentional so you know staging yeah. of the introductions of everybody coming to the space we stage each other you know um we ask of course when he has any smoke sensitivities and stuff like that um, we introduce ourselves. It's a very calming atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um, dim the lights, you know, some, mm-hmm. you know, and people just immediately started out, like for all my friends and students were just going off. Like they just vented everything that's been happening about the election, mm-hmm. about the campus, about administration, about mm-hmm. their own lives. Yeah, about that first the, meeting was that very was, intense. It was, whew, it, it was, was very, it was timed very well. I felt in that mm-hmm. it was a time when people really needed I think a space to talk about what they had like right. been having in mm-hmm. conversations, but perhaps not in an open form, which is so different. It's important to like see a group recognize what you're saying, you mm-hmm. know. And even the setting sounds totally. much more yeah relaxed, yeah, yeah like, authentic and more intimate. So you yeah, can, exactly. You, you didn't need any key cards, swipe access to get into yeah. the building. It was open. The um, I know I asked if their stage could be burned in space. They're like, oh yes, you know, the fire alarm does go off. Let them know. Campus police. Um, they told us that campus police does come around at 10 p.m because they wanted us to know that, so we wouldn't be just like shook at like 10 when we see some like cop come through, it was like, oh, what the mm-hmm. hell? Um, but then that if we needed to stay in the space afterwards, we could, we decided to let each other in, you know, stuff like that. Um, so the space was very, very, um, it was made in mind to be very open and free and like mm-hmm. not to be constricted or not to feel like you have to be like, keep up any facades or appearances. And I feel like that allowed for the vulnerability of all the students in the space and mm-hmm. myself and like, you know, and I was very vocal, like I'm, I'm the type of person where, um, like if, if you ask me a question, I'll answer it. You know, like, I'll tell you what I've been through. I'll tell you my story. If that'll help you know that you're not, um, that you, 
mm-hmm. that you're not the only one um, going through something or if you feel, you know, and there's like, you know, some first years and sophomores, you're like, I'm going through this. And I'm like, and I was like, yo, like, this is what's, you know, I would like relate to them. They'll tell me like, oh, wow, well, really, you, hear, you deal with these things too. I'm like, yeah, you know, and that, mm-hmm. that relation, that communication, that bond was something that was really, um, Belle really emphasized in the beginning, how like to communicate, you know, the space, um, like she said something about how like the space would be like kind of only as intentional, only as like, you know, life changing as if those who come into it, how open they want to be, as mm-hmm. how many vulnerabilities they're willing to share yeah. and open themselves to. And I believe that's really real because if you come to a space and you, you have a mask on, if you can't drop it down, you can't t- talk to women who are like just like you going through similar things mm-hmm. or maybe not exactly like you, then how is the healing supposed to occur? If you mm-hmm. can't be true to ourselves, yeah, you can't be true to ourselves, you can't be true to other people around. Like how can how can we begin if we can't, mm-hmm. you know, let that out? So I have a question for you then and to sort of bridge the other mm-hmm. question about Bambara's quote mm-hmm. from the Salt Eaters, Oh, yes. That's right? per- perfect. So you mentioned uh, this idea that like you wanted a space where mm-hmm. black women could come and grieve. Do you mm-hmm. feel, and there's a danger, right? To With that to some degree, mm-hmm. right? Because there's always this idea that, you know, black women on the campus, women on this campus take on labor, take on emotional labor, sometimes unintentionally, sometimes very intentionally, right? Mm-hmm. How do you feel that space can facilitate, like, like, how do you feel you can facilitate, I guess, this? I would have to ask you, being yes. that you're the person facilitating this. How do you feel like you can facilitate the space where those who are not able, right, or even interested in engaging with, like, g- grieving, but mm-hmm. perhaps want to view recovery as something that is more about um, organizing activism mm-hmm. or whatever, like mm-hmm. doing some work, doing... Um, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like how do you... Not how actually do you... focusing on impact of anti-blackness but want to focus on maybe like how they can process black vitality like Mm -hmm. how do you feel like the space itself is something you want to maintain as a place to come with pain Mm -hmm. or do you feel like it's i mean this is not i I don't want it to be a space just to come with pain um because you can come with pain but with i feel i feel like there are there are like this mm, let me let me think on it for like one second yeah no Mm -hmm. it's something you know that I thought about in the yeah. first meeting because there's something to there's something so important about having a space for people to come and like what we were saying and recognize mm-hmm. this and name it, which is what you know I know is critical to the work that um, Bill wants to do, right? Mm-hmm. And or the project of it. Mm-hmm. And then there's something there's this balance, there's this fine line of that where like how do you avoid things from becoming like performative? Like how do you avoid people from feeling like they must contribute something versus mm-hmm. like just wanting to be around other black faces like how yeah. do you feel like do you feel like that's something that's an integral to the project or yeah you know i definitely I, mean? I definitely feel that is because everybody comes in there with their own levels of whatever they have yeah. within them you know of their own ability to want to be vulnerable um i know some people you know first meeting you might come in there and be like oh everybody's crying you might be like oh, oh nope not going to show right, anything like because like, mm-hmm. you never because not like you never have but I, right. you know there's there's already these tropes you can go through the tropes of all black womanhood you know the mammy the mm-hmm. you know jezebel the you know, you're supposed to keep everything to ourselves and just work on everybody else. Like, mm. so I knew automatically, like, I was surprised it was so, like, mm. the first meeting was, the first for gathering was so intense and, like, released. I was like, wow, okay, mm. cool. Because it means that if you were to step into space, you're already on one step to trying to remove yourself from that and to, totally. to, to get yourself out of those tropes. Yeah. So whether that means for you to do, like, collective work or organizing work, yeah, that you can do that. 
Um, and that's why I like the chapel, uh, the space of the chapel, because there's very different rooms, there's like a prayer room, there's a reading room. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, there's times when like we might be discussing something or something comes up. And um, I was thinking about this idea of like if you wanted to like step out the room, you can always go to the other the other room that's literally like down the hall, yeah. literally. And mm-hmm. you could just it's another bigger like mini space and you could sit there with somebody, you know, tap someone on your shoulder, walk through and vent, you know, go to mm. another controlled area. Because mm. and that happened a couple of times in the first meeting and like mm. the second meeting. And, that, and I was like, OK, like I'm fine with that. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, and if you want to do do work there, and you want to do do acting work, and I said, and that's definitely fine. Um, do you feel that is the project of of what of sisters? Tony K. Bimbar is like no. quote there in the sense, like how do you then tie that in this idea of the weight of being the well? Way. What does she mean? I, I with that, I feel the weight of being well. Just so you know, because it's it's like mm-hmm. oh, let me read it. You know, just so you're sure, sweetheart, and ready to be healed, because wholeness is no trifling matter. A lot of weight when you are well. I think she's talking about the process to become well. That's it. And the to weight be honest. of the process. The weight of the process. Wholeness is no trifling matter. Mm-hmm. To be whole, to reclaim yourself as a black woman in this mm-hmm. country, that's being assaulted on every front, like in, in it's institutions, you know, predominantly white institutions at HBCUs, walking down the street, um, like, you know, at mentally with your, like everything, like to, to go against all that and to try to find yourself, to try to become well. Yeah. Ooh, there's a lot of effort. That, that. is a lot. And, there's there's a lot. Lot. and that's what continue. I wanted to talk yeah. about. To like that work. There's yeah. a, it's a the lot work of... in being well and what that looks like is, is, is far more than what people think it because is. Because it's like, it's not only is it a process, but then once you're there, you got to maintain it mm-hmm. because the world will right. continue mm-hmm. right. to try to, to tear you down right. or yes. to, you know, try right. to make you feel like you're less than or whatever. Exactly. So it, like, it, it's a, it's a lifestyle. Right. Mm-hmm. It's a lifelong it's, commitment. That is so real. To... Your wellness is a lifestyle. <laughs> and and it, it really is. is. I mean, people even commodify that and they make that into wellness as a lifestyle. There are companies that make money off of this But, fake but it's idea true because you wellness. have to, mm-hmm. you don't just, mm-hmm. you don't just, you know, get well and that's it. It's like now you got to keep fighting yeah. to remain well or to, you know. Because totally. the process of becoming well is already hard enough. And mm-hmm. you, when you're well, it doesn't mean the world is well. It doesn't yeah. mean the atmosphere around you and the environment is fine. Exactly. It's changed. No, it's still as, a, as as traumatic and violent and insidious and subversive as I feel like a little bit is more it's like at, you know, institutions mm-hmm. um, than, you know, out, than ever. It's still there. The world's still going to get at you. Mm-hmm. So it's like this to create a prostrated space where students can feel or, you know, black students, black people, black women um, can feel that, you know, mm-hmm. it's going to be a lot of effort, a lot yeah. of work. Yeah. And it yeah. goes back to what you were saying. That's why like vulnerability is so important mm-hmm. because if you can't face it, then mm-hmm. how can you if you yeah. move past it? Mm-hmm. To use so. quashyisms that we take from I think take race and love. Take a class of quashy, mm-hmm. but like we talk about, it's we take Fulani and I take know. race and love together, and we talk about a lot this idea of love and how it's a project and how it, it, it's a process of becoming. It's never like a thing that you can grasp, and it's, it's something it's, you can never mm-hmm. have. Right? It's violent. It's terrifying. Violent, it's freeing. It makes you. It, it forces you into your deepest vulnerability, mm-hmm. and that's why most people probably can't access it mm-hmm. but um but yeah i'm so excited to see where you take this and like where the future meetings go because i really feel like what you've done and this is like you know there's no surprise watching you 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 the spiry ass sag who <laughs> just names what you want to do goes out makes it happen and i'm so excited to <laughs> yeah like, i mean I, I don't i don't I, know because i really like look, i was like the, what, the amount of anxiety listen, that i had what with fulani this, did like which I, you probably ooh. won't see for a while was take something that is incredibly difficult to orchestrate for most people and put it together 
in a short amount of time. Obviously, <laughs> it's a project. Mm-hmm. It's a love project. So it's yeah. in developments and mm-hmm. flux. You're trying to perfect it in some way, in some impossible way. <laughs> but the number of people that showed up and continue to show up is like a testament to what you are able to do on this campus, the energy <laughs> that you draw towards you, and the love that you have for people. And I think it's really beautiful, and I think it's 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 timeless. It's a timeless thing, and it's something that I, I want to see, like, sustained. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and yeah, it's, I'm so excited to see yeah. it, it continue. Mm-hmm. It's so necessary. I mean, if there's one thing I could name as, like, of, like, that needs to be here on this campus, that's, that's it. No, that and I learned, space. like... An interesting term mm-hmm. at um, this bridge called my back, mm-hmm. which is this sort of reminded me of um, mm-hmm. oppositional consciousness. Mm-hmm. So it's um, an oh, empowering back. mental state that prepares members of an oppressed group to undermine, reform, or overthrow a dominant system. Ooh. Yes, absolutely. And There's then also that. you could tie that into the use of the erotic, Audrey mm-hmm. Lord. So also I didn't I, I didn't put my favorite tagline in here, but mm-hmm. the only Lord I pray to is Audrey. Um, <laughs> and and uh, I need yes. to get that on like a t-shirt or something. Um, but that's true. Like really, like you know. Yes. You can, it's, and, like, just to find, it's just, like, like, telling people, like, my own knowledge and spreading that, like, getting into that space and, you know, telling telling people my own story and, like, my own issues with being as a black student on this campus and, like, you know, with working a work-study job. People didn't know you can get accommodations for that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, yes, you can. Like, that's how mm-hmm. you do it. You know, or, you know, doing certain things or getting testing or getting funding or just, like, you know, how to navigate, what to do. The people are like, oh, you can't. I'm like, yes, you can. Ask mm-hmm. for it and you shall receive. That's Listen, what my mom I found said, someone you know? that does mm-hmm. hair right. and I was happy. Like, yes. saying something as simple as that, like, oh, wait, so Were there's someone on campus hair? that does hair. Someone does your nails. Yeah, yeah, no, there's a yeah, there's resource. A, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Connection. And yeah. even that can be such a source of wellness. Like, this is oh, what I know I'm where saying. I can get my yeah. hair and my nails done on this campus. Yeah. Like, I'm just going bald now because I'm like, I don't care. I had that before. I'm actually growing my hair out from oh. this year. And I miss it so much. <laughs> All right, y'all. Yeah. We have to wrap. Um, thank you so much for coming in oh, and thank throwing you. all that down. And yeah, and I'm excited for people to listen. And hopefully they will come. If you are a black identifying student, if you're a member of the African diaspora, come through and when is the next sisters it's, it's tomorrow night actually um 6 p.m 10 p.m it's my birthday <laughs> funny oh, enough um, i was about to say we also have to shout out fulani's okay. birthday oh, <laughs> which is yeah. tomorrow in yeah. a few hours so yeah i guess I, excited not nah. she excited she trying to yeah. play cute uh, yeah. <laughs> she's very mm. excited you saw that face nah yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> we, can, we can get you excited. We can, yeah. done exactly. in a couple of weeks. You're about to be real excited. <laughs> real excited. Um, dope, though. Thank you so much. Um, and yeah, tune in next time, y'all. Mm-hmm. Um, have a great rest of the week. Happy finals. Good luck. Good and luck, we'll y'all. see you yes. very Yes, stay safe. May your Lord be with you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Make a black woman president. Peace. <laughs> yeah.